Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 500 of Longbox Heroes. I'm Todd, joined with Joe, um, the Labrigani of comic book podcasts. Uh, how are we doing for this big, spectacular episode, Joe? If this was a better show, I'd put some sort of fanfare or some sort of noisemakers underneath us at the beginning there. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, let's let's worry about 501 next week, huh? Oh, yeah, we got b- big plans for try for that one. We'll see, right? <laughs> yes. Um, uh, but, uh, but like I said, being being a day and date, week and week comic book podcast, you know, it is episode 500 and, you know, the numbers may be a little fudged. Um well, there are 500 episodes, but... Whether you can find all 500 is another story. Exactly. We recorded 500 episodes of a podcast. That's right. And a few lost ones, too. So. Yes. Uh, over three different iterations of this show. But it's always been me and you and maybe plus one for a little while. Right. And a guest occasionally. But mm-hmm. always a good time. Yeah. Always a good time. But, but be- because we deal with the week that was in comic books, you know, for the most part, even then, even for the last month when there's been no comics, there has been comic book stuff to talk about. So that's why this show will kind of always be current and we can't like have an anniversary spectacular because we have to talk about the news and we have to talk about all the other stuff that we've kind of laid the groundwork for on these shows, you know? Exactly. And speaking of news, Joe. Oh! Yeah, this is what we have. Basically, it's all the news about distribution and when comics will be back, rolled all into one, you know, up to the minute uh, information. As we get it, we'll get it out to you weekly anyway. Also, uh, free digital uh, books and sales. What we read last week, which was we actually have a new comic book this week, which was uh, digital only, which is the new Ed Brubaker, Marcos Martin book, uh, Friday. And also the great trade-off where I read Thunderbolts and Joe read Conan, both written by Kurt Busiek. Also, what we'll be reading uh, this week, which is something we're going to mix things up a little bit. When we get to that, we'll explain it. Also, the return of Art Attack. Uh, yeah. Which is fantastic. And at the end, we're going to have a uh, spoiler-filled talk of the return of both Flash and uh, Joe. Wig O'Clock is back. Legends of Tomorrow. I know you don't watch, but every time that I see it come up, the wrestling show on Vice, Dark Side of the Ring, they do these like, re- like sh- these shadowy reenactments of these stories. Right. And apparently the wig budget there rivals Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, you, I heard, um, yes, that they some of these uh, villains in the wrestling are going to be encores on Legends of Tomorrow, too. Yes. And sometimes so, I don't get jokes. So uh, when, when they're good, you should get them. But anyway, very rarely are they good. Yes. Right. At least mine anyway. So as we've been talking this week, upcoming is the first week that new comics are going to be shipped to stores. Uh, we've we've discussed the two companies, UCS and Lunar, that kind of picked up the slack while Diamond had been closed. The only people shipping new books was DC, and it wasn't everything. It was just a smattering of books. Uh, but kind of everything came in this week of, you know, who, like, uh, how they arrived, what came with them, all sorts of things. 
Uh, you know, we talked about the Walmart books that were still coming in mm-hmm. uh, to Walmart, of course. And I guess the Walmart books came in to the uh, retailers this week as well. Right. Whatever ones int- that they have yeah. available. Right. And then I guess people were making a big deal about the books coming in bubble wrap because I guess that's not how they typically come. Usually, no, they come packed almost to the hilt, like, you know, in yeah. the diamond boxes. And then in the diamond box, they just like uh, usually have a piece of cardboard to protect it from the tape, from the flaps. Like, you know, when you <laughs> shut the flaps and you're taping it with the, the big tape machine so it doesn't stick to whatever's on top. And then usually like some wadded up paper in there to keep it from sliding around. That's the way I've seen it anyway. Yeah. And when I, I do know because I have gotten stuff from DCBS before, uh, which is Lunar Distribution, and they have those like molded foam pieces that go in mm-hmm. that Amazon used to do um, to kind of keep things steady. And, you know, I'm sure it was just the same shipping as that. As long as they didn't give them the postal peanut job, I think we were okay. Okay. Well, you don't uh, want that. That's when you dump your comics out on the floor to get them out. <laughs> And then you have, like, a bunch of the packing peanuts still, like, stuck to the books and all the static electricity from them and whatnot. That's right. Just don't dunk your cat in there, Joe, or you'll have peanuts all over the house. Exactly. And then I guess it was officially announced that Diamond UK, which I guess is different than Diamond, is going to start shipping books to the UK in two weeks Mm -hmm. as of this recording. Right. Uh, I mean, all the you know, the different things that and stuff they have set up for quarantine over there. So I don't know how that all works. You know what I mean? Right. And obviously, I, to be completely honest with you, it's tough to keep track of 50 states and what they're doing, let alone Oof. like other countries. Right. And everything changes day to day in our brave new world that we're all facing together. <laughs> God, don't start me up. Okay. But uh, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't deal with the news of anybody who uses the metric system. That's my rule. Oh, boy. I have people I know that are French Canadians. Wait, don't hang up yet. Right. They live in Florida and still use the metric system. That's pretty far away from their French Canadian roots. I say give it up, guys. Yeah. I have a little saying that I always go, there are, there are two types of countries in this world. Those that use the metric system and those who put a man on the moon. There you go. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Uh, so, but the big news I would say, and we've had like a ton of news like the last couple months, but I would say it's been a slower news week. And I think it's because they knew TV was back, but just as we are recording this today, earlier on Tuesday, uh, Steve Jeppy, who is the owner of diamond did like a live video chat, I'm sure on zoom with a bunch of retailers saying that they have the target date to have books shipped back out to retailers as May 20th. Right. Which is three weeks as of today. Mm-hmm. And it's not just DC. They got Marvel, Image, Boom, Dark Horse, Oni, everyone. Right. And they gave them a list, and they said, uh, have your orders in by Friday, final cutoff is Monday, get cracking." We're Mm -hmm. pitching to be back. And, you know, a lot of us, if you're an international listener or, you know, wherever you are in the United States, uh, many country or many states 
Um, you know, Florida and Georgia have already opened back up, but a lot of other states are projecting the 8th of May to be opened back up. Now, it's going to be interesting to see if May 20th being the date, are your lo- is your local retailer going to be open May 20th, depending on what state you're in? Right. Ours, I don't know. Um, right. uh, I mean, I do believe he'll get books that much. I know, but he'll probably just have to be alone in the shop doing mail order. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I got, I, I emailed him just yesterday, uh, that the dreaming was coming out. Now I'm behind on the dreaming, so I don't need it, you know, to read it this week, but I was just like, so I don't get confused. Could you throw it in my book? I'll PayPal you. Just sit on it when we get more books. I'll come in. You know what I mean? Like, there's no point in shipping one book, you know? So I was like, and then, like, and we'll do this in the future. You let me know what you're getting because you're not getting this was before I knew the books definitely would, by according to Diamond, would be coming out the third week of May. I was like, just send me the list of the the DC books. You know, I get flash. Like, just let me know and I'll, I'll PayPal you. And he's like, I have like he he has he just basically said like he's like next order is a little uncertain right now as the distributor the distributors go back and forth with arrival dates and final order co- uh, cutoffs but I should know more today he didn't get back to me he said things should clear up in the next few weeks and I'll keep you posted as soon as because the way I do books I'm not like you where I have the in triplicate and you know the list sent in but uh, so I'm hoping that I'll get news you know what I mean from them too on what our retailers doing to keep you know us both of us up to date absolutely and you know i'm just trying to look here uh to see what is on that may 20th list mm-hmm. and it, honestly it's a hodgepodge of stuff you know right. as i'm looking at different publishers a lot of publishers have already updated their official websites of that may 20th date mm-hmm. um there's a lot of um, you know, as I'm just trying to look here, like there's an, um, Immortal Hulk is on the May 20th list, right? Right. That was originally supposed to ship this week. As or, like, or actually, th- I'm sorry, it was originally supposed to ship the 8th. It got officially moved back to the 29th, which is this week. And now it's May 20th. So it does look like, at least just from a cursory glance, just grabbing like two, three books from each publisher that's on the list. You know, I'd have to double check in my handy dandy notebook, but it looks like the stuff that was scheduled to be shipping on May 8th is all going to be coming out on May 20th or on April, April 8th, May 20th. Right now on that list, does DC have Batman 92, the first full story of Punchline, the Joker's daughter done right? No. Okay. I'm wondering where that's going to fall because that's the book everybody's waiting for. Yeah. Now, I will say this, and obviously this is going to be, you know, updated and analyzed and so forth. But just as I'm going through the Marvel stuff, okay, mm-hmm. the Marvel stuff that all has May 20th in-store dates all have May 6th digital dates. Okay. So, so that'll be interesting to see if that stuff actually does roll out early digitally. I'm wondering if because it's digital, they just might roll it back weekly. Do you know what I mean? Correct. Like it's, it's staying like it's just something. It's like just keep putting it in the hopper, keep putting it in the hopper, and then when the books come out, they'll di- like it's like a fail safe thing. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. each week you just bump it because all you probably have to do is push a button to push it back a week. You know, and then when you get to the actual books come out, just let it. You know, don't push it back a week anymore. J- just go. That might be like a weird coding thing that we don't understand. Right. 
And it'll be interesting to see, of course, that. And I know this week we've talked before and I've kind of thumbed my nose and made jokes and so forth at Marvel's website. But this week, um, you know, I, I go there to get my little Marvel Insider rewards because they convert to stuff in my Marvel Puzzle Quest. But this week was the first week that their calendar, every Monday they put up the calendar of like what's going to be in stores on Wednesday. This week was the first time the calendar was blank since ah. all this happened. Every prior week since, it had what was supposed to be coming out that week that didn't come out. This week was nothing. It was just a blank, like you went to a blank page right. for the calendar of what's coming out this week. So mm -hmm. there's and a all, date they yeah. have it set. You know, they have a list of books that your local shop can order. Uh, but go ahead. I'm sorry. But no, it's just because I'm still confused on the DC stuff as to what our because obviously we're gonna every Marvel and the Independence will be May 20th or whatever. DC still might put some stuff out between now and then. I'm like, do I like? I'm just curious as what's gonna come in because one of them is actually on one of the lists is that uh, Jonah Hex hardcover that I ordered because mm -hmm. those are like printed already and they're not like the big books like Batman. I'm like. So will I be getting, like, will that be in the shop for me? It's prepaid, so I don't care. But it's just weird to see what it is. And, like, as we're getting closer to the, the gates finally opening and us getting new books, I'm now that it's in my head, I'm getting antsy, uh, even though it's all, I only know this news, like, five minutes. I want my new comics. Right, right, you know. Um, and obviously a lot of the trade stuff that was supposed to be coming out, a lot of the, um, you know, the new material wasn't being released digitally, but collections of stuff were being released digitally. Um, DC has their stuff, you know, for next week. And, you know, it's not, and this is the other thing, of course, where you and I um, are looking at what's coming out. And I think we might've discussed it last week of the three weeks that DC had announced for books to be coming. It was really nothing that we get, you know? I knew I had a flash and I may have had another book. Yeah. And I was like, that's it. But I'd rather give my reach. Like if he gets them through the uh, uh, side distribute distributors, I'd rather be like, Hey, just sit on them. And here's six bucks. Just using a quick number for two books. That's six more dollars, you know, in my retailer's yeah. hands, you know, like people, it's like a drop in the bucket, but Hey, you know what? Six bucks is better than zero bucks. Yep. Um, and then what's the, there is a Jonah Hex thing that's on the schedule for next week. Right. It's just called it, weird Western tales. And it's like a weird random collection of a bunch of random issues that I can't make heads or tails of. Why not? It should be just uh all-star Western 10 and 11. Uh, and then a weird Western tales, like 12, cause that's what it changed into 12 to 38 with one or two issues missing because he yeah. wasn't around. Issue fifteen randomly is missing, so yeah, that's on the that's on the list for next week. Oh, I might be getting that then. Like I said, that's what I that's the one I was talking about, and I saw. But I really don't want to bother my retailer over a hardcover that's already paid for. So it's not like he's going to get it and see any money. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get you. Like that was paid for six months ago when I ordered it. Like it was like, oh, it's a seventy five dollar hardcover. Mm -hmm. Um, here's ten dollars. Here's twenty. You know what I mean? So. Like it just to bust them, be like, hey, "Am I getting it?" You know, like you're, like you're, you, you haven't been open in three weeks. Where's my hardcover? Right. I stop. Anyway, so we'll see. You know how that goes. Um, 
going forward here with the books. And of course, if that changes that date, we will be discussing it right here on the show. I'm I'm certain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like I said, a light news week. Um, if you look at the show notes, you'll see some links. We mentioned our local store, of course. He has an eBay store that connects to his Facebook page, which we do have linked in the show notes. He's been having a 30% off sale on a bunch of back catalog stuff, the new stuff that he's able to order. So if you do want to help out our local show, as we or our local store, as we mentioned here last week, by you helping him, you are directly helping us. Yes. Uh, also, of course, is the link to all the conventions that were supposed to be happening that have all been canceled and or postponed. Just looking at where we are with that. Um, a bunch of things have been changed to, uh, well, you know what? I'll, I'll plug this. There is something that, and a lot of the digital stuff has been coming up, right? Right. People are doing online conventions. So I do see one coming up here called Quarantine Con. That's happening this weekend. And, you know, people are doing what they can with the guests that they had. Trying to do something. Right. You know, while uh, people physically cannot get together, Quarantine Con seems to be more of a horror movie thing, looking at the guest list. But, uh, you know, I'm a fan of John Kassir, Tiffany Shepis, and Kane Hodder. So, yeah. you know. Any Linda Blair? No Linda Blair, sadly. Because uh, I would have joined up for that con then. Yes, sir. And a uh, friend of the show, of course, longtime listener, uh, supporter of the show, Chris Runt has his book, Battle Monsters. The Kickstarter is about two days away as of this episode hitting your ears from finishing up. I have supported. I've pledged my support behind Chris. And uh, I want to see his book get published. And, uh, yeah, helping out people who help us out. Mm-hmm. Uh, digital books and sales. They've been starting to slow down. Um Marvel still has that one sale of Avengers and Black Widow stuff going on until the end of this week. Uh, DC, I think, just keeps putting the same books out on sale and just giving it a new name. <laughs> Last week, I think it was called, like, Starters. Right. Like it's, uh, And, like, this week is Spring into Digital. <laughs> right. You know, it's just, like, the same thing, and they're just putting a different header at the top of the page and extending the same sale week by week. I can't wait to see next week's sale. It'll be like, may we sell you a comic? <laughs> I like that. Right. Uh, so, you know, if you have, and there's tons and tons and tons of freebies available. And I've done my best to kind of keep, you know, we have that ongoing list as different ones have come up over the last several years. But based on there being no new comics, a lot of publishers, uh, Dynamite, Dark Horse, Marvel, Image, have pushed out tons and tons of freebies available to you to read during these times to kind of keep scratching that comic book itch. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It's been, uh, you know, running through things quick. Yeah. Hey, we're at, we're at record pace on this 500th show. Yes, sir. So let's get into uh, what we read this past week. I'll let you start. We want to start with Friday then? Uh, yeah, okay. okay, so my, yeah, my apologies. So we did have a new book this week. Uh, the Panel Syndicate imprint something. 
that right. Ed Brubaker and Marcos Martin do. They had a book came out a, a couple years ago called The Private Eye. And I think uh, Brubaker puts a lot of other stuff up there as well. Uh, a book that he did called Barrier. Um, Private Eye, as I mentioned, he did that one shot of The Walking Dead. It's all up there. Uh, Jay Farber has done stuff for them. David Lopez. Anywho, uh, Friday was the newest ongoing between himself and Marcos Martin. It came out late last week, but we read it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was basically the story of a young uh, woman, a college woman named Friday, who comes back to her hometown to see her friend Lance. And it seems like as soon as she gets back, there's immediately into this like mystery and they go off to, to solve it. And there's some strife between her and Lance because something has happened. And it has this like real feel of like a magical Hardy Boys, like Nancy Drew, young adult mystery thing like uh, just from one issue i haven't like gathered at all but that's it's a really like quick good story of like what the 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 mystery is something happens they find the person and they're doing something weird and now everything that's going to fall out of it and we like you know what the strife is that uh friday wants to talk about lance because something happened before she left town and you know it's it's really it's really really well done as it's Ed Brubaker, but like it's just a taste, a touch, and that's a, as a free book should be. Um, I got it, and I was just like, okay, this makes me want to read more. And like Marcos Martin's Martin's art fits like the feel of what they're trying to, what what I think they're trying to do with this book. But like I said, uh, I still have a lot of questions, and like you know, like where the story is going to go. But for a trial to get me to pick it up even though you know i'm gonna pick it up because it said brubaker's name on the book um i enjoyed it and i'm you know i'm gonna look i'm looking forward to more yeah um you mentioned the art of course you know what could you say about ed brubaker that already hasn't been said been said on this show and probably will be said on the show for at the very least the next three or four weeks mm-hmm. but i'm i do like marcos martin's art uh he had done some spider-man stuff a couple years back that I really enjoyed his work on. Uh, I like the art here, but I also like the coloring. Of course, this takes place around Christmas time. Friday is back from college on Christmas break, so it's very wintry. Lots of white, lots of stark contrast to these characters. And when Marcos Martin does a big two or a superhero book, you know, he can't play as much stylistically with making the humans look weird. And by that I mean everybody in this book, their bodies and their heads and their faces and just them all look different and feel different. Like every person has a feel to them. And mm-hmm. that totally comes through in the art. I, I totally agree, which would not work on a Captain America book. Exactly. Or, wouldn't or work whatever. on Spider-Man. It wouldn't work on anything else. But because this is, you know, a murder mystery, there might be some romance in here. There might be some mysticism in here, but we haven't gotten to that point yet. But there's definitely a mystery. I, I like the fact that Martin took that leap to make these characters look different, look unique, stand out from each other. It was an interesting choice, and I like that choice that he's made. Right. 
I agree, and it's an easy way to tell the characters apart. Uh, I'm with you on it. Like, like I said, when I did my my bit, I, I just think it it really fits what I think the book is trying to express, and that's what you want from an artist. Absolutely. So go check it out. You know, between me and you, it's you know any of the panel syndicate books. Uh, it's buy it now, name your price. You can get these books for free. Mm-hmm. Um, I always pay. I always throw them two bucks for these and i know todd does as well because i force them to at knife point oh i'm sorry i said it was a free book but it's not i apologize no well again it it is a free book you can go and get the entire catalog of stuff there for free it's all there and it's not like he gives you every format that you could possibly think of multiple languages uh what they're doing over at panel syndicate is i think a really great deal but mm-hmm. if you could support them support them if you can't yep. they understand True. They don't make you jump through any hoops to do anything untoward or get these books for free. It's just as easy to get them for free as it is to pay for them, if that makes sense. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. But, so we read some other stuff this week, too, Todd. Yes, we did. Um, I guess I, as as we do this, I'll go first with uh, the let, Thunderbolts. Let me uh, go first with Conan. Oh, okay. I did not know. I'm sorry. Only because I think this may end up being a very short show. Okay. So, uh, I I had Todd read the next uh, couple issues of Thunderbolts, kind of getting him to a specified endpoint before another big storyline started. And we actually aren't too far off with what Todd read up to on Thunderbolts. I think we were maybe only about six issues after what he read for the end of Busick's run on Thunderbolts. Be that as it may, the end of... Busick's Conan run unfortunately ends up being a little bit more sporadic so just to double check as we had discussed last week and I really apologize about not getting the posts up about to follow along I know when we do our new one this week I'm going to make a much more concerted effort it might be a little bit easier we'll get into that so Wikipedia said that uh, the issues I needed to read were issues 23 to 28 issue 32 issue 39 issue 45 and issue 46 was the remaining issues of Busick's run. And the only misstep in that was 39 is not written by Kurt Busick, even though he's credited not only on Wikipedia, but also other places online. Right, but in the book, it's Tim Truman is the writer. But in the book, it's actually Tim Truman, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, sadly, because the way that this gets printed, and I'm obviously we're talking... You know, 15, 16 years ago when this book came out, I don't know why it ended up being printed in such a sporadic way, but Carrie Nord as the artist is pretty much all but done at this point. I think he does like two of the eight issues I read. Right. He does 24 and 25 and then he's done. Right. Uh, 23. And, but the, now see, and the, so I, I want to say that the run ends with a whimper. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine reading this as it was coming out, how sadly unsatisfying this must have been. And it was tough because I didn't want to give you too much as we were going in um, to it. But yeah, it. even though Tim Truman in his run, which I did read, he does an amazing job. So there is sure. that. I will say that. I enjoy Tim Truman's run, and he takes over Conan the Sumerian. So I still got the book and still enjoyed it. But as a Kurt Busiek fan, there, it's, it's, it, 
it ends with a uh, with a whimper. Yes. So the main crux of these issues are going back to Conan as a youth, and those were always those fill-in issues, and Conan spying on, and again, with Conan, it's, you know, barbarian times, so everyone has weird names, it's the end of the run, so I'm gonna give up on the names. Yeah, the wizard and his daughter. Right, (laughs) the wizard and his daughter. We get the backstory of why the wizard is living by himself he has his cloaking up so no one can find him conan has been spying on him for some time uh more specifically the daughter of course Mm -hmm. um that is the main crux of this so we get that issue we get things established there to set up that relationship that will come later uh the next three issues here uh 24 25 26 is kind of wrapping up the whole Conan being a thief story. Mm-hmm. Him falling prey of the local magistrate's wife as he slips in there. Uh, one of the guys, as always turns out with Conan, Conan's bragging about his deeds. Somebody's like, I'm going to go show this guy what for. Uh, however, Nestor the Gunderman decides, no, no. I'm going to go, I know he's a big loud mouth. I know what he's going to go do. I'm going to go beat him to the punch and steal and take the things that he's going to set himself up for before he gets a chance to do them, essentially. Right. So in doing so, of course, Conan gets the drop on Nestor. Nestor makes a deal with the magistrate to say, listen, uh, I'm not the one who robbed from you. Sure, I tried to rob from you. But you have nothing to lose. Let me go take down Conan. And I'll bring bring you his head. And if I don't do it, you can take my head, right? Mm-hmm. So you get this little bit of a rivalry between these between Conan and Nestor that ends up being unfulfilled. We only get like two issues of this rivalry. Right. And I think, I don't know if it picks up in other books, but at least here, it just feels unsatisfying. Because we get the beginning of it. And I, and it could have been something that could have been a huge arcing story arc, right. where we see like a beginning, a middle, and an end. Maybe doesn't end in death. Maybe ends in like them getting a newfound respect for each other. But it's just like I'm going to do this. We get two issues of it, and then it's just done. Right. I, I feel it does pick up in the Tim Truman run. Okay. But but it's been 15 years since I read that, and I forgot how little, like, much it leaves you hanging on stuff on this, or I maybe would have stopped this a little earlier. You know what I mean? Yeah. So 26 picks up a little bit on it into 27, but these are co-written by Tim Truman. Right. And it was less, and it was just a story of Conan, but this was beginning the wrap-up of the prince and the vizier where the vizier had been reading these stories to the prince and the wazir who we did see in the past had interactions with conan Mm -hmm. and now in this current time as he's reading these scrolls he's calling malarkey on these things saying these this isn't really what happened this isn't how it went right and kind of muttering under his breath and the prince no dummy uh starts to pick up on this And he starts reading the scrolls himself because he had one of the local slave girls teach him how to read. Not well, but enough. Uh, She meets an untimely end, sadly. 
because the vizier figures I can't have the prince reading these things because if I'm reading them to him, I can kind of sway him to my way. But now right. that he can read, I need to change my strategy. So what the vizier does is he has the record keeper essentially just change the stories so that he could attempt to control the prince. Right. You control the, the narrative, you control, you know, the prince. Right. I'm not going to make a wrestling reference here, but it's there. It exists. Okay. So the prince doesn't, he, 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 he's heard enough Conan stories to know that something's up. So he goes to the re- record keepers like, hey, here's the scroll back. Show me where it belongs back in the thing there. Mm-hmm. So he does. And then the prince goes and gets the next scroll and sees it's more or less the same story that he just read. But certain things changed a little bit. So he sees that, you know, depending on who the writer is, and the prince learns a really good lesson. And this is another one of those stories where I think there was more legs to the story of the prince and the vizier. I'm glad it didn't end up with the prince being killed. Mm-hmm. But because Busick ends his run of the book, it just kind of falls flat because there's no definitive closure to this part of the Conan story. Right. I agree. And maybe these characters get picked up. Maybe this narrative gets picked up. But our plan was supposed to be just to read the Busick stuff, right? Right. The Just so you know, the the prince and the vizier, that never comes back. I feel that was a Busick thing mm-hmm. that I do believe he was supposed to do all 50 issues and something fell through. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they even said he went off to do whatever he did at that time. And I do believe they never 100% say that he's Tothamon, but it's heavily implied. And I think that all would have woven together because Kurt Music knows what he's doing if he had done all the 58, but he jumped ship early. But that's my take on it. Gotcha. So uh, issue 28 is written by Busick with art by Eric Powell. Um, it's more of a story about the farmer who's kind of made to look the fool, mm-hmm. how he gets to do something heroic, but no one knows about it because he figures out that if these demons that are coming through can come through the little cracks and crevices, they can come through the mine in the town. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get the return of Janisa, the bone woman. She's fighting alongside Conan. So it's kind of a- a- another tale. Where does this really fit in? Eric Powell's art really looks nice. A great standalone issue, but in the overall narrative, really means nothing, you know? Right. And I just want to say on that, the Janice of the Bone Woman, like, because you didn't read the letters pages and stuff and all that. But you know how you said, like, that stuff would not fly now, that story, her origin? Yeah. That was a hot topic in the letters pages at the time around now because they were getting the letters from the early story. And it just ran for months and months and months of people going back and forth about, like, you know, doing that to a female character doesn't do anything because it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, a well-beaten path. Like, we're, we're tired of it. That had a lot of, of legs in the letters pages and in the future till the end of issue 50. It was constantly coming up because around this time it was uh, sexual assault uh, awareness month. And that's all they talked about in the letters pages for like two issues. 
And I was like, oh, that's interesting because that slipped my mind too in 15 years. And you talked about it. I'm like, I'm looking at the letters pages and I'm reading. I'm like, man, I forgot how hot and heavy this was. And there was problems with issue 24 because it had two different covers where one of them was a nude cover by Tony Harris. And there was a whole rigmarole where all the books were pulled in other countries because of pornography. It was pornography. And the issue before it had the next issue blurb had that cover. So that fell under certain countries, not being able to distribute the book. And there was a whole thing where they, the editor just kept going to Tony Harris, nice cover, but the the layout, she's naked. You need to cover that up. And then he'd give him the full page. And he's like, all right, before you get to the inks, you need to cover that up. And he get the inks and he's like, still naked. He goes, I can see where this is going. The editor said, he goes, I need you to do, a drawn non-naked one for me and then i promise you we won't any but we can't use that for the cover we can't send that to retailers and they and it got out i don't know it's a crazy crazy story so i don't even know if you noticed there was two different covers on 24 i did okay but go ahead now so you and you mentioned that i'll just throw this out here um the editor of the book at the time who was in the letters pages defending this and talking about all this stuff, and I didn't read it, you're telling me this, uh, is a name I recognize from within the last 12 months or so, someone who got popped for the Me Too movement stuff. Right. So that kind of puts, like, every month I would see his name as the editor who was reading the the letters and answering the letters and stuff, and then you mentioned this, and I'm like, okay, that kind of puts a lot of other stuff into perspective here as well. Gotcha. Uh, issue 32 was another of the young Conan stories, and this is Conan as a youth, I would say teenager at this point, um, finally sowing his wild oats, if you will, and, uh, you know, things getting a little risque as well with the wizard's daughter. Right. Uh, Conan, of course, is a gad about town. Uh, and he mentions to the wizard's daughter that there may be another girl. She wants to see this girl. He, Conan, is like, okay, well, let's go to the village so you can see this girl. And they run afoul of a bull that Conan had interacted with earlier in the issue. And the wizard's daughter is wearing this pendant that her father told her would protect her from anything. And it did not protect her from the bull. So it gives her some doubt. And Conan, through much damage to himself, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, fends off the bull. He's all banged up. Brings the wizard's daughter back to the town. The other townsfolk are like, she's an outsider, get her. And then as soon as she's in that danger, that's when the wizard shows up. Which is an interesting take because she was never in any danger with Conan. Correct. Right. So the wizard shows up and now the we, we do find out here why the wizard was truly in hiding. The city that he was in before... Uh, the wizard was about expanding his knowledge. I've learned this spell. I'm moving on to something different. I'm moving on to something different. Whereas the town that he was in was essentially like, you are going to use your magic to find all the precious metals, all the tin, all the copper, all the iron, all of this. So we have it. So we can have these resources above all else. And that's why the wizard left. So the wizard, all upset about his daughter being put in danger, essentially sends up the signal to said town and says, hey, the Sumerians got a lot of the stuff you're looking for. Come get them. Mm-hmm. 
and that and that puts us on our big two issue finale and again i say ending with a whimper does busick get a chance to tie up most of his loose ends yeah not all of them um you know we and i i can't remember his name again the names but it was one of the other townspeople that conan lashed out at and killed mm-hmm because he was one of the people that was amongst the rabble and Conan immediately felt remorse and he goes and kind of lays his lays his hands at his parents and says, you know, I did you wrong. Uh, you know, your I killed your son. I am now indebted to you. I am taking over his chores. And they're like, we know you didn't do it on purpose, but you need to get out of here. I don't mm-hmm. we don't want to look at you anymore. Uh, then we get the return from all the way, all the way back in the very first of these uh, Born of the Battlefield flashback issues of Conan with uh, Donald, who ended up being the cripple. He was like the big bully kid that Conan had his first brawl with way, way, way back when. Now he's kind of the master strategist of the Samar- the, the Sumerians. Uh, am I pronouncing that right for Conan? Yes, it's Sum- Sumerians, yes. Sumerians, right? And it's, spoilers, it's Donald's very grisly, very graphic oh. demise that kind of sets Conan on the right path to figure out how to defeat these other people, how to fend everyone off when uh, the odds are insurmountable. Conan is reunited with his grandfather. He gets to hear one last story. He's reunited with his mother. All these things, he, he, he pays the debt to the guy that he had killed when they came to town. And... Everything gets wrapped up, but it all gets, like, a lot of stuff gets wrapped up, but it's in two issues. This could have been, like, a sprawling epic where all this stuff gets time to breathe as opposed mm-hmm. to all of these things getting three pages. I I get what you're saying. I feel that Brubaker's run ends with a whimper not because of this story, because Busick's it left run. Busick's run. Who did I say? Brubaker. Brubaker, Brubaker. on the mind. Brubaker, right, because we were talking about Friday. Uh, but uh, Busick d- wraps it up. He leaves more strings untat- uh, left undone with the the stuff in the present, we'll call. But the Born on the Battlefield, I think it ends the Born on the Battlefield story perfect for me as eight issues or whatever it is, six issues, seven issues, as perfect his origin to leave to become Conan stories that have never been told. Um, I even like, they said the way it ends, he goes like, every, like whatever happened, everybody can agree that as Conan, like, you know, rolled over the next hill to leave Samaria, the one thing everybody noticed is he never looked back. And I just like that, but I like all the, the born on the battlefield stuff as one whole. And I think it ends strong for born on the battlefield, but ends weak as a whole for B six run. It shouldn't have petered out like that with the, the modern day story, but all in all that early stuff I love and the born on the battlefield. So, you know, I'm going to say it's a, you know, that's why I bought the book. So good for me, but I see what you're saying. So I, I would say I recommend reading Busick's run, but go into it knowing Mm-hmm. That it just kind of ends a little unsatisfying. Right. For whatever reason. Okay, fair enough. Right, but I enjoyed it. I, sure. I, I do not feel as though I wasted my time with reading this. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. 
fair enough. I'm glad. I'm glad that you at least enjoyed it. You know what I mean? I, I would have felt bad if we did all that and you were like, well, I think along the way you would have told me, oh, we're switching up. Todd. <laughs> so, right. So Todd had to read a little bit more clear cut, at least for me. Uh, right. Issues 19 to 22, issue zero of Thunderbolts, Avengers 12, and then 23 to 26. Right. And I just want to say before I jump there, somewhere along the line, between 23 and 26, it told me that that Citizen V Captain America miniseries was out, but I didn't get a chance to read it. I was like, you know, it's not happening because I don't know where it goes, but yep. but that's one of them that I'm not sure if it came out later or, but it's it, it's just weird. So, because I'm going to have questions about that later. So, I'm just putting it in your head. Gotcha. But it, it starts with issue 19, where after everything's been going on with Thunderbolts, they're thinking about giving up that like this, this reforming stuff isn't going to work. Um, they argue about it, and uh, some kids show up at this cabin that they're hiding at, and they mention that, like, we know you're the Thunderbolts, and the Imper- like this town has been taken over by the Imperial forces, which I don't know is probably a deep cut by Bru- uh, or by Busick again, because, you know, I never heard it, not Hydra, not AIM, it's the Imperial for- forces. Um, at this point, Charcoal, the Burning Man from a bunch of issues, uh, shows up and he's like fighting, fighting them because he's with the, the, the Imperial forces when they go to the town. Um, while this is, they're all battling, the, the new Masters of Evil show up uh, and they have a, a showdown. And uh, one of the things with Mach 1 is his armor's all busted and it keeps malfunctioning and that goes on as we're going and Moonstone keeps saying like, I'm losing control of these, these teams and I don't know. And like, I got to see how I can get control, but everybody wants to be independent and good now. And I don't like it. I don't know how that's going to happen at this point. A reporter is running around because the news company is trying to get the Thunderbolts over as a good guys again. And she's like giving them good PR in a world where everybody's like, Hey, we think they're robbing and they think they're destroying. And, uh, but I, I think, and, and while this is all going on too, also songbird is still getting super into her wrestling, screaming Mimi persona. And she even at one point says Haas, Joe, she calls somebody Haas. And I'm like, right. I'm like, Joe must love this, but I, uh, I, I can't deal with it. So uh, I'm, I'm, I dislike Songbird, but that may change uh, uh, doing it. And the Masters of Evil say, we're going to give you an ultimatum, but you know, if you're going to join us. If you don't, uh, we're going to, uh, we're going to uh, destroy you. And they basically, that takes us into issue 20 where uh, the, 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 the bolts decide to get the heads up on uh, the masters of evil and they track them down because they're robbing a mint uh, of the mint and uh, the, 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 the masters like just, just destroy the T bolts. Thanks to claw the murderous master of sound. But this dread Knight, this old uh, character shows up and who's only dread Knight and nobody else um, shows up and helps them. Um, the masters escape and the, uh, the the bolt the the T bolts are over arguing over who should be leader and in this we find out that the Dread Knight spoiler alert is actually Hawkeye Joe. Oh, it's tremendous! So, it was right. Oh, one of the greatest moments in comic book history. I'm just gonna say, at no point did I think it was Dreadnought. 
<laughs> like, I, I was like, I don't know who's in this costume. Um, cause I didn't know, I knew Hawkeye shows up later cause the book actually turns into Hawkeye and the Thunderbolts. But at no point was I like, this is Dread Knight. No, it's somebody's hiding in here. Who's it going to be? And in the end, like I said, it turns out to be Hawkeye, but you, that's one of those reveals that I guess is one of the ones that you truly love that you said was coming up. Yes. Cause I, so I, I'm loving the book, you know, at the time I love Hawkeye and I still love Hawkeye to this day. Anytime there's a new Hawkeye book, I always get it. Because Hawkeye's one of my favorite unsung characters whenever he shows up in something. So it was like he shows up in this, and I'm like, oh, I don't need to go get the new Hawkeye book because I'm already reading it. That's right. So, like, and I'm like, all right, that's actually a good reveal. Um, you know, even though, like, you know, Bargain Basement, Green Arrow, we're all good, right? So, you. right. So that goes into 21. It just starts off with Hawkeye fighting the thunderbolts and you're like oh what happened i guess things went sideways but he ends up it was a deal like fight me for five minutes and if you can beat me i'll walk away if not um you know basically showing them that they need the the discipline and like a team you're not working um songbird wants none of this because like for reasons that we'll get to and she jumps out like she bolts um and uh, Mach 1 goes after, but they end up getting attacked by the National Guard. Um, Songbird tells her crappy wrestling origin and abandonment issues and like how everything is going on with that. And she feels like she's going to be abandoned again because of Hawkeye. Um, someone takes a pick of Hawkeye, helping out the Thunderbolts, uh, getting away from the the national guard. And uh, he's like, Oh, we'll get you a pardon. If like, we'll work with you because I've been a villain. Great. I've been a villain. We'll work and we'll get you some pardon, but he's straight up, straight up lies about the pardon, which I found like at least, at least amusing. And, uh, but then at the end is, this is one again, like coming into the formula of like you said, like Conan walks into a bar and gets into trouble. Um, every issue now seems to be like, here's our moment at the end. Like, and this is our, like he, he says, we can do this. We can reform, but Mach one, you're wanted for murder. You have to go to jail. What? You know, everybody's like, what's going to happen? So I did kind of like that. Cause I didn't see that coming that you have to, uh, like we can't have a murderer on the team. You have to like, it's not going to work. And I thought that was an, of the Hawkeye reveal. And this, I like this one more because I, I, I never thought one of the Thunderbolts would have just given himself up to go to jail. You know what I mean? Right. And this is the beginning of before Fabian Nicenza takes over the book where, the, you know, you're getting a shock like every three to four issues of something big like this, where by the time Nicenza takes over the book, it's a shock and issue. Right. Well, to me, this is two issues in a row with a shock. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but that's fine. That's fine. But I, but I, I really liked it. And that leads into the next issue where we find out that Beetle killed the doctor over gambling. That's when he was running like a, a gang and I'm like, okay. And, uh, that gets into an argument, which I do like, um, because, uh, uh, somebody says something under their breath about Moonstone who killed the bug people's leader a couple issues ago. And it goes, what were you saying? Oh, we were just talking about how like you guys are after you want to take care of beetle, but you don't mention anything about like, you know, going after Wolverine. He's killed a bunch of people. And there's a great line in the thing. He's like, yeah, we don't go after Wolverine or the Punisher, but you'll never see Wolverine become an Avenger. And I'm like, wait a few years, <laughs> wait a few years. And 
call me back. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that just stuck out like a sore thumb at this point. Like at that point, yes, he will never become an Avenger, but you know, time. I wonder know, if in new, I, I wonder if in newer iterations of printings of this, they take that part out. Uh, and just use Punisher and the other character they used. You know what I mean? <laughs> Change it to Punisher and the rest. <laughs> right. Right. So, um, uh, so that that's I find that interesting. And then Atlas, or uh, Herc shows up to beat the crap out of Atlas because he gave him brain damage years yep. and years ago. The famous, um, like, early to mid-2000s Avengers run by uh, Roger Stern where the... Uh, Masters of Evil, like a majority of the Thunderbolts go and not only give Hercules brain damage, but they really put a hard beat on Jarvis and a lot of other folks as well. It's it's for the time it was pretty brutal. Right. And it's interesting because in the end, like Hawkeye stands up for the T-Bolts and he's like and and there's a great line where Herc's like, great, like you stood up for them. You know, that that ends our friendship that ends like I respect you. But that ends it. I'll let it go. But if the second anything goes wrong, I'm going to come back and I'm going to, you know, stomp him down. So I like that. And then, you know, Mach 1 decides that he's going to turn himself in. So I thought that was interesting. Then we jump to the Zero issue, um, which I think, was that a wizard freebie or something? Okay. Was it a freebie or like a send away? Uh, I think it just like came packed in with it, you know? Okay, because I remember when you remember when you used to have to send the coupons for the one halves and everything. Right, the one half you had to send away, but the zeros came with. Okay, because I know I have a Captain Marvel by Peter David that was a zero, and I couldn't remember if I bought it in there or whatever. But uh, the, the the Thunderbolts go out for one last dinner before Mach One turns himself in. Hawkeye's talking to the reporter, who's like, "You have to set it up because nobody's going to trust any of these people." And along the way, like you've talked to people, like you've interviewed Dallas, that was the liaison to, uh, you know, the Thunderbolts back when Zemo was running them. So like you have some cachet, you know, you can, you can take care of it. So while this is going on, Hydra attacks because Zemo uh, sent them, or no, the Masters of Evil, the new one sent them after them. Um, they, they end up, having a you know a, a throwdown the bolt the t-bolts win but there's a cool thing where moonstone does a trick where she's like because she could turn intangible and she's like but she knows who the, the hydrogen hydra leader is from techno and she's like i'm gonna put it in and get all the information your name is so and so and you work for hydra now i have all your information and it's a complete straight up lie but it is a great lie to get him to stand down um uh but and moonstone's thinking like hawkeye is just stupid and i do like uh, that, that, that she's like, I don't, he, I thought he's a good Avenger, like a fighter, but he's the dumbest man I've ever met. And in the, and in this Id- issue, it sets up things with Zemo, Citizen V and Crimson Cow. Like, like, they're like, these are things that are going to come out of it. Some of them not in the run that I read. So f- uh, up to this point, uh, the end of this, but you know, this is a good, uh, taste of what's going to come and it says that it leads right into avengers 12 the next issue in busick's uh you know storytelling uh but otherwise zero is just a you know an average story because i feel like it was something he threw together quick for wizard you know what i mean yeah yeah to try to entice people to read the crossover essentially right i'm not gonna work hard for the free book if you know what i mean (laughs) um but then you get into Avengers 12. And this one I just skimmed because a lot of it was Avengers plot lines. 
Yeah, yeah. And like, oh, Vision's back, and he's with Wonder, and and Scarlet Witch is with Wonder Man. But does Vision still really love? And I'm like, like skip pass, skip pass, skip pass, because I don't need any of this information for the Thunderbolts part of it. But the only things that I really came out of it um, was the Avengers fight the, the Thunderbolts. It's a big, the big misunderstanding issue. And then everything works out in the end. They prove themselves, but the standouts were one George Perez can draw pretty pictures. Yeah. Firestar's look was absolutely amazing. I forgot how much I loved the costume and the fire paint on her eyes and everything. Yep. Great, and I forgot how crappy Cap's energy shield was. Because he shows up, he's like, Zzz. it does that sound effect, Bzzz. energy shield. I was like, oh, I hated that energy shield. I hated it. And later, I found out that he stole it again from USA Agent. But uh, that w- we'll get to. So that issue was good, but like I said, I only needed to read about a quarter of it. Right, right. But uh, then we go into they move in. They they the Thunderbolts are in this town. And this rich guy named Cord distrusts the Thunderbolts. And uh, this charcoal, the burning man, comes back because he tracked them to their cabin using a piece of his finger, which I thought that was funny because he's like, I could track my my coal powers anywhere. And right off the bat, charcoal, the burning man, might be a new, it might be a new character, but it's got the old like old feel to it. Just having that name. Um, the rich guy sends USA agent and the 90s of 90s teams, the jury, to take them down. The, um, the jury who were uh, a team previously set out to bring down all of the rogue symbiotes from a Venom miniseries uh, in the early 90s. Right. So I'm reading this going uh, like, all right, US agent, I, I dig. But man, oh man, the jury, I was like, does any... Like, does anybody even remember or care about the jury to this day? I'm raising my hand. Okay, good. I'm glad there's one out there. So I uh, I just want to stop you there for a second because you bring up uh, charcoal, right? Right. Did you dig into charcoal's uh, origins and history? Because I know in the cover of the one issue, he was uh, the winner of a wizard creative villain contest. Oh, was he? Okay. So on the cover, it's I think it was cover that like it was either the cover of nineteen or twenty, okay? Right, because I it didn't says winner of the wizard create a villain contest. So uh, wizard uh, failed to establish certain le- legal specific uh, specifics in the language of their contest contest rules, leaving the ownership of the character's copyright in question. Uh, Wizard also reportedly failed to provide the contest winner with the other prizes promised along with getting the character. It was just supposed to be an appearance in the book, but Busick liked the character so much that he decided to change him from a villain to a hero, which was Thunderbolt's whole thing, has him join the team. Um, further uh, Further complicating things, the creator of Charcoal attempted to sue Wizard and Marvel over this. Right. So, and when Fabian Nascenza takes over the book, he just kills him off in issue 53. Spoilers. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> because I, I didn't pay attention to the covers much, you know what I yep. mean? Because, like, we had 10 issues to read, and I was like, I got to get this done. And I only read it, like, last night and today before we recorded, so I was like, I had to get them done. And I'm like, Charcoal feels like a terrible Silver Age character. <laughs> but maybe he's also modern and and this this totally 
explains everything. But in 23, um, while all this is going on with U.S. agent and uh, the jury, Citizen V and the Masters of Evil are also spying on everything that's going down. Um, and then at the end, Hawkeye vows to the world and anyone who could hear that he's going to take the masters of evil down. And like, that's your like, or die trying. So that's your shocking ending again, even though, you know, it's not amazingly shocking, but it's, it's interesting. So like we get to 24 and charcoal, the burning man has joined the team. Um, the taunt from last issue lures them out. Um, the Masters are using a weather machine to try and destroy the Thunderbolts, and they end up leaving. Citizen V shows up. Now, this is the issue where they said Captain America and Citizen V, the annual, had happened. Um, and this is the first time that they say Citizen V is a her. Yes. And I didn't know if I just missed it. Remember when she was watching Zemo in the castle a lot of, like many issues back? They always seem to have the cape draped over them. So I didn't notice. I'm, I'm like, did I miss that they had a, like, that this character had breasts? Or was it, you know, I wasn't going to go back and look. Or was it hidden all this time? It was very cleverly hidden. Okay, then I'm not stupid for this reason. Okay, but, uh, and also I don't know, but she says, like, I, I put my vow to, like, take down Zemo. And they're like, see this. So I'm like, I don't know. Like, did they give any of her origin in that uh, miniseries? Or did they just set up that she's going to hunt down Zemo? Um, she is the grand, great-granddaughter of the original Citizen V. Right. They, they, she had implied that she was a relative, but I didn't know if that was true or not. You yeah. know what I mean? And, that, and that's just more or less what it is. And it's kind of her getting Captain America's blessing. Because obviously this is now the second person who has come forward. Cap knew the original Citizen V. And then this is just more or less her getting Cap's blessing to go be the new Citizen V. Okay. That that that's what I want. That was the biggest question that came out of all of this. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, but she ends up showing up saying she wants vengeance, and she's gonna go ahead. Hawkeye sets her straight, saying, like, no, it's not about vengeance, it's about justice. So, like, do it. And she ends up saving the day, um, and you know, like helping out, but not really the the the, the Thunderbolts don't know, but she stopped the weather machine the weather bad weather. And I was like, okay, that's really cool. We'll see where that goes. And so they used the trick, the the charcoal, the burning man used the trick that he used to to track to track uh, Hawkeye to track down the Masters of Evils, and they show up like they sneak into their lair and they're like, and instead of the team that they thought they were going to see, there's 25 villains, so it's like, uh, we may be in trouble, kind of a deal. And I like that shot, like once again, like kind of an ending. Um, and we go right into 25 where it's the cover even says this one I read, you know, um, 25 villains in issue 25. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, so the masters of evil are using the weather machine for world extortion for one trillion dollars. Um, this we get Moonstone's origin kind of like in it. And I, everything, once again, this fulfills my love of Moonstone. This issue cements favorite character up to issue 25 in and out. Um, she ends up infiltrating the masters of evil with the whole, will she betray them? Won't she? Because this whole time she's been talking about, I got to take Hawkeye out of this. I got to control the team. 
blah, blah, blah. In the end, spoiler alert, she doesn't. She comes through in the end because somebody left a key, which is a dangling plot line, um, which wasn't any of the issues. So I, I'm going to, I'm interested in that. But in the end, they end up, Moonstone ends up ca- captioning, capturing Crimson Cowl. And it turns out to be dun, 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 Dallas, Atlas's old girlfriend. And I'm like, oh, she did this to get revenge on Atlas. And then somebody says, but wait a minute. You you were attacking us as the Crimson Cowl since before anybody knew that we were the Thunderbolts. So what's up with that? And she won't say anything. That's the end of issue 25. And I'm like, two dangling plot lines that I won't get in the next issue, which is the last. But those two things I, I w- like would make me read more. The key, who did it? To, was it a test? What was it? And why Dallas did what she did. But this issue I really like. This was a really good, like, for a 25, you know, spectacular, really good. So, uh, do you want to know what Dallas is up, what the deal is with Dallas? How many more issues of B6 run is there? You said because Fabian Niciesa takes over pretty soon? I think he takes over, and I, you know, I was just looking at it the other day, and I apologize. No, that's fine. Um, I don't mean to, you know, put you on the spot. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I am, I'm interested in reading it, but if it's going to go into the Niesa run, then I'm like, no, I'd rather know now. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's gonna, it is going to run into the Nicienza run. So what was Dallas's deal? Okay. The real, and again, I, I, bear with me just one second. And again, I do apologize. I want to make sure that I'm giving you the right information before I send you off the trail. Um, he continues the book to about issue 44. Oh, then it is a long way. Yeah. You know what? I might read the next four, like just for fun for myself. Right. So then I, then I won't tell you. Right. But the key does get answered too? Yeah. Okay, and that's all probably still in Busick's run. Yeah. Okay, and eh, that's it. Maybe yeah. That you know what I'm having. I'm I'm not going to say it's my favorite book ever. The way you crazy kids do it, but yeah, I'm enjoying. It. And I just to wrap it up with issue twenty six. Um, uh, you know the ma- the the Thunderbolts have taken over the Masters base, which I like because even last issue when they found the base, they're like, hey, Hawkeye's like, we'll take this over when we capture them. We're good. So they take it over. That's really like a bridging story of by uh, Mark Bagley doing the art. But when they go to the prison and Mach 1 is in prison and he ends up stopping a prison escape thing that Justin Hammer set up, Leonardo Manco's art on this, oh my God. He does like uh, Mach 1's costume as he's dreaming about it. I'm like, I want to own a page of Leonardo Manco's art from this issue. Like him in the in the thunder in the Mach One costume because it's so beautiful, but it's a it's a it's a quick it's a quick story. He ends up stopping it, but he's not going to put himself out there. He he runs back to his cell before anybody notices it. But some group realizes it was him, and that he's a good fit for whatever they're going to do. And this may be how he gets paroled or whatever to me. And that ends up, it says right at the end, this sets up starting year three of the amazing award-winning, you know, loved by wizard because they put out a zero uh, title at the time. And I'm like, okay, you had a good run for, for, 
for just to run into three years to go into three years. I mean, yep. So good, good, you know, a so- solid stuff. You know, if I was more of a Marvel guy and all that backstory, if Mark Wade did this book at DC, I would have, I would have melted over it. God, but I don't know all the backstory to all the Marvel stuff the way I do DC. So that's why I, I say what I say about this book. Absolutely. So I've babbled on long enough. Unless all you right. have any Thunderbolts information you need to lay at my feet. No, I just wanted to make sure that you knew uh, the origins and mess that was involved with uh, charcoal. Right. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, 90s comics, man. It was a wild time. Right. This was just reading into 2000, probably, right? Uh, This was like 98 into 99, almost. Yeah, where you were reading. Right. Well, you know, it was one of the cream of the crop uh, at the time because 90s was a a bit of a glut, if you will. Mm. Absolutely. Anyway. So as we mentioned at the top of the show, still not going to be a ton of new books for at least another three weeks. So we do need something to fill that void. And we are going to continue the great trade-off between Todd and I. And we've been back and forth the last couple of weeks of what to read and what we could do. And this time, instead of us reading different things, we're going to read the same thing. Uh, it's something that Todd has never read from a creator that we both like, and it's something that I read when it first came out, and it was one of this creator's earlier uh, mainstream work, if you will. Right. And that would be Ed Brubaker and Darwin Cook's Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're going to just stick with the first trade, which is the first nine issues of the run. Right. You look at different bibliographies of collections, and sometimes they say... You include Selena's big score in it. Some say you don't. Uh, others say there's like selected pages from a bunch of issues of Detective Comics. We're just sticking with the nine issues. Right. I mean, we have a judge that we could go to if we had to, who's a bit of a Catwoman fan. But really? I'm fine with. Yeah, I'm afraid with the first. I'm af- I'm fine with the first nine issues. You know what I mean? I feel as though there may be things on the show that we'll discuss a little bit later on during TV talk that may antagonize her more. So let's not Ugh. antagonize her any more than we have to. Right. Uh, so I'll, I'll do my best to put a reminder up. This one will be a little bit easier on the website uh, of the great trade-off of issues one through nine of Catwoman. The Ed Brubaker, Darwin Cook run. I think you can get like digitally the whole, like those first nine issues for like a buck a piece. You know, it might be included in that DC sale. Who knows? Right. You know, it's not Dark Knight Returns or Batman Year One. Right. Um, while you're over at longboxheroes.com, be sure to check out past episodes of this show, past episodes of After Dark, uh, our store where you can purchase pins and stickers and uh, shirts with our fancy logo on them. Go over to our T Public store where you can buy more shirts, more items with our fancy logos on them. Uh, I think T Public has even branched out to masks as well, which uh, is fantastic. Should, which is fantastic. I don't think I've clicked that little button to add our stuff to masks, but if there's a demand, I will. Um, <laughs> but you can help us out, of course, by signing up for our Patreon. $5 a month gets you After Dark before everyone else, and it gets you our two bonus shows before everyone else. Uh, anyone under $5 still gets the bonus shows, just the $5 folks get them a little bit sooner. Um, that's the Babbling Brooks, the film of your of Mel Brooks, and previewing the past where we go 
through 30 years ago that month's issue of previews. So we got a couple years of that that we could work from. <laughs> we'll see what we'll do for the movie portion next year. And thanks to everyone, of course, who still continued their patronage. Uh, and also thanks to everyone who is still purchasing things through our Amazon click-through. Um, I know people can leave the house, but those of you who are choosing to do any and all of your purchasing online, I'm glad that you're taking that extra step, clicking on our banner across the top of the page at longboxheroes.com. Uh, it's an advertising fee, they claim, because if it was not for us, you would not know that Amazon exists. That's right. We are Amazon's biggest commercial output. Exactly. Uh, some of the noble purchases through the uh, click-through this week were a 12-pack of Kool-Aid unsweetened drink mixes. Ooh, somebody's drinking the Kool-Aid. Mm -hmm. uh, somebody purchased a book entitled "Don't Worry, Be Happy," and it's shaped like and it's and it says "B" because it's a picture of a bumblebee <laughs> on it. <laughs> I choo choo choose you. Somebody also purchased <laughs> the Lego building kits of Star Wars Y Y Wing Microfighter and a Thanos mech. I don't remember Thanos being in a robot suit, but hey, it looked really cool. And uh, someone also purchased a Cube Key Finder smart tracker. And I know the exact origins of the hows and the whys that that was purchased. And I'll just say I hope it came in time for your anniversary yesterday. Oh. I don't mean the 10-year anniversary of that night at Leo's. Oh. Which happened on the same day as this. But that yeah. will generate a text to me as many of the things I said on this week's show. But if you are the type of person that loses your keys all the time, mm -hmm. uh, that cube tracker thing is uh, a, a godsend. It's like a little tiny thing. It's maybe like about an inch, you know, uh, an inch square. You put it on your keychain. You Bluetooth it to your phone. They have the app. And you can find your stuff anywhere. Was it like beep or something? It does. And then you could reverse engineer it if you're the person that loses your phone, but you have your keys on it. You could do the cube to find your phone. That, I need one of those. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. Yep. Make sure you purchase it through our click-through. I will, because if I lose those keys, I'll have tears in heaven over it. <laughs> All right, Todd, uh, any art attacks this week? Yes, we did. Zach Dorman sent one in. Um, he sent in, here's a sketch that he'll submit of Todd's Art Attack of Ron Weasley, um, a sketch from the uh, yard sale artist uh, whose name is Jared Alberich. Mm -hmm. um, what? Yes. Oh, okay, I thought you said something. Um, I uh, that he purchased for his daughter, who's a huge Harry Potter nerd, and basically what it is is this uh, Ron Weasley character, but it's drawn on a page from a copy of like the print book of uh, one of the uh, the Harry Potter novels, and he does this on all like books. He'll like he'll try to find a book that has what you're looking for, like Doctor Who or an X-Men book, but like prose novels. And then he rips the pages out. And I went and I looked on it, which I think is cool. He goes, he, but he only uses books that he finds like that are damaged, like wherever you can find that at, at yard sales or libraries or whatever. It's like damaged books. All right, I'll take them. And, or if they have missing pages and I think it's a brilliant idea. And I looked over the books he has and I kind of want a Jaws one because he has the Jaws novel, but I want Mayor Vaughn in the anchor jacket and only the anchor jacket. <laughs> but, uh, these are greatest. First of all, before I go up, greatest blazer in the history of cinema, the anchor jacket from the first Jaws movie. Okay. But, 
just hands down, if I was, I would never cosplay somebody at a Comic-Con, but I would cosplay Mayor Vaughn. That jacket was so good, it got him reelected in Jaws 2 as mayor, because in the first one he was stumping, like, reelect Mayor Vaughn, had a bunch of people die on his watch, (laughs) somehow they reelected him, and it was the power of that anchor blazer, Joe. But um, so that's like my dream, uh, my dream uh, cosplay, and I would get a picture of Mayor Vaughn in the Anchor Blazer. So fantastic stuff! Thank you for sending that in. Absolutely, and I like that idea. And I'd have to look through what books he has because I got a couple ideas that I can get as a gift for my wife as Mother's Day and her birthday is coming up. And I think uh, she's a Harry Potter person, but I think if I went a little bit more outside the realm, she would probably get a bigger kick out of things, you know? Right, right. Uh, So, hey, let's get into TV talk. Because we had new TV shows this week. But before we do, uh, we did have something come in through the mailbag. Uh, Another longtime listener of the show, Ron Skladowski, had mentioned to us, uh, that if we, and you as well, the listeners of the show, enjoyed The Boys on Amazon Prime, uh, there's a show that he recommends entitled Banshee, which is also on Amazon Prime, which stars uh, Anthony Starr, who played Homelander in The Boys. And we kind of talked about how much we liked him as an actor, the way that he was able to emote and convey terror and hope and all these things at the same time. Uh, it's about a recently paroled thief assuming the identity of a sheriff in a town titled Banshee. So uh, if I saw that email before my wife and I decided to look up something to watch, we probably would have started that this weekend because she enjoyed the boys as well. So thank you, Ron, uh, for that recommendation. That is on the, that, that's going to be a little bit higher on the list of things that I may get a chance to watch. But it's still above Matrix, so. Absolutely. So where would you like to begin with our TV this week, sir? I always like to end on Legends, so I'm going to start with Flash. All right. So I want to say this. Uh, dope that I am. Right. Uh, it's been a couple weeks since there was a new episode of The Flash. <laughs> right. So I did watch the last episode prior to this as well that we already talked about on the show, just to kind of refamiliarize myself of what was going on. Uh, the Flash is more of a... Uh, straight through narrative uh, episodic television in the way that it's supposed to be legends there's there's plot lines there's threads but they do a real good job of hammering home what needs to be hammered home for this particular episode right uh, the main thing of course we get uh, the full on press uh, in our A story of uh, what's his face the the guy who runs uh, what jo- Joseph Carver? Yes, we get his full-on press toward Joe West. Uh, so much so as he hires Ragdoll, and I didn't read anything up on this. I didn't see any of the the, the commercials or anything. So when Ragdoll showed up, it was a delightful surprise. Right. And I would say the you know we we have the continuation of Barry you know having limitations on his powers. Uh, we have more and more stuff of Eva uh, through the Mirror Universe controlling Iris and a few others. We find out who the mole in the police office is and why they're the mole in the police uh, precinct. And then I guess is the B or C story, we get the return of Ralph and Sue. 
And I liked the addition of Cisco in that little bit of back and forth as well. So all in all, I liked the episode, but let's kind of hit some other beats on this as well. Right. I will say, because you ended with... uh, uh sue showing back up sue who i had completely been lost on won me back around yep because the whole like when she like when you find out what she's doing and she's not robbing for herself and like there's a great moment when when she's like defame me do whatever you want but never say a bad word about my parents. And he's because he thinks they're being blackmailed for doing something untoward to something she's like no 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 no, no, no. And I was like, okay, all this comes around because I have a completely different mindset for what Sue Dibney should be in my mind. And mm-hmm. they turned her into like this bad, you know, uh, not bad as in like just tough, you know, fighting uh, person when to me, she was just an ordinary housewife. And I liked that about her. And I was discussing this with somebody today that you can't in today's society I'm not saying every woman on TV should be a housewife, but you can't like nobody can do that anymore. It can't be, you have to be this tough, like fighting. And I'm like, okay, you're going to change her. But I have that vision in my head. And she ended up winning me around to be uh, th- that. So I was cool with it. So I'm, I'm down on, I'm down with Sue Dibney now. Right. And I got a big kick out of, like I said, Ragdoll returns and we get, you know, why he's working for uh, Carver. Mm-hmm. But we get the scene where, uh, Ragdoll tries to kill Joe in the interrogation. Right. And then Joe goes and confronts Carver about it. Right. And then Carver does the old wrestling cliche where he says, Oh, I didn't know Ragdoll gave you four flat tires. And Joe <laughs> says, I didn't tell you how many flat tires he gave me and then socks him. Or, right. I mean, Ragdoll came out of a box and he goes, I didn't say he came out of a box. I just say he came after me. And then he's like, I was recording it. And he sets off the EMP. So I I enjoyed that stuff because it was just like, they're stealing from wrestling, Todd. Okay, really quick. So does that mean Ragdoll is immediately over because he came out of a box? That is true. Yes. Okay, I didn't Though I will say, because somebody, uh, you're, 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 what? Your podcast partner on the other show was was talking to me today, and he said, he's like, but I agree with him on this. Like, Joe West was so stupid because he's like, he's like, well, you know, I did send him, you know, after you to kill you or whatever. And he's like, well, good to know, Mr. Technical Wizard Steve Jobs on speed. I have you recorded on my handy dandy ringtone maker on my phone. And the guy just goes, localize the MP. Oh, it's gone. Good for telling me that you had the goods on me, Mr. You know, wizard here. And I'm like, yeah, that's just ridiculously stupid by Joe. And I love Joe West as a character, but I hate these things when any character goes. And Iris did it earlier in the series, and people always say, oh, you didn't like it because oh, when a woman does it. I said, no, I hate it when anybody does it. When they go, meh, I'm a person who doesn't have any powers, but I'm not going to back down from the metahumans because, you know, I'm not afraid. He literally used his powers to grab your bullets and throw them back at you. Be afraid. And Joe actually goes, yeah, you know what? I got to walk away from this because I'm going to get murdered. And I'm like, good. Somebody realizes, you know, reporter, cop, I don't care who you are. When a metahuman shows up, you're going to get your lunch handed to you. 
And that was a stupid thing. But I literally thought they were going to kill Joe this episode when he swapped places with Cecile in the chair. I, they had that whole feeling where you're like, will they or won't they kill Joe? They haven't off the main character in a while. Like a legitimate, like important yep. main character. And the whole touching scene where he's like, remember our marriage? And we, and we danced and we we're finally in sync. We have to do this. And I thought maybe Barry was going to run back and his speed was going to fail him. And, but he ended up pulling the right wire. And I'm like, that all that with Joe redeemed Joe for me in this episode. Him going, I've been stupid for the last hour. You know? Like, right. So. And I, I thought it was good tension that they built in the episode. Yes, sir. Yes. Yes. But other than that, I'm trying to think if there was any other, like, hit homes. Like, no. They're just, like, because I know Nash shows up and he does his thing. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much everything for this episode. Right, so it's it's revealed that the uh, police commissioner was working with Eva through the Mirror Universe to eliminate Joe mm -hmm. because Joe was getting too close to taking down Carver and Eva wanted to be the one to take down Carver. Right. And with Joe and Cecile going into witness protection and Barry at the time not, e not able to get a hold of Iris, fake evil Iris, fake evil Iris uses that fact to manipulate Barry away from her during all of this as well. Right. So the pieces are all moving into place. Um, they have to work on getting the speed force so Barry can get his speed back. I'm sure there'll be a two-parter at the end of the season or at the end of the first part of the two-parter, Barry gets his speed back. So I'm not worried. You can't have a Flash TV show with a speedless Flash. Or you can replace the Flash. It's been done before. That's true. But yeah, just real quick, do you think that cop is a mirror version of himself or actually the cop? Uh, I think it's a mirror version of him. Which but is interesting. Is but where is he, you know? Right, he's wherever they've hid Cisco's girlfriend who yeah. was, was stolen away into the mirror universe and we haven't heard, like we've seen the fake mirror doppelganger, but we haven't seen where she's actually at because she has to keep her separate from Iris or Iris will know what's up in the mirror universe. So I'm like, that seems weird. I hope we get resolution to that. But the only thing with the Iris storyline is it makes Barry look like a dope after the whole blood uh, work storyline where she's like, I always knew you would never turn on and I know you so well and I know you inside and out. And literally she's trying to destroy Barry and take his speed away. And Barry has no clue. Like he does not know that that's not his wife. And they established that they're soulmates. I'm like, Barry better come around and quick on this. But there's a lot. There's a yeah, listen. There's a lot going on, mm -hmm. uh, and especially when she threw the whole thing about um, what they did to their, what Barry did to their daughter. But it was Iris who was the one initially who kind of put the power suppressors on her, and she just glosses over that. Right. Yeah. I'm with you. I just, I just think it's a bad look. You know what I mean? Gotcha. So. I don't hate the show, but, you know, it had a couple of flaws this week as far yep. as I was concerned. I liked the episode. I thought it was good. I was, good. I I was happy to have my flashback. But I was happy to have my flashback, too. But not as happy as I am to have my Legends of Tomorrow back, Joe. Go for it. You take point on this one, sir. Um, ba basically, they're looking for the loom of fate to bring back uh, Astra's mother, Astra's mother, so they can stop the, you know, the, the fight with, with hell and everything like that. And they have the, they know where 
the the part is it's in uh, somewhere in Canada. I think it's where the the betrayal was. Maybe Ottawa. I don't know. Um, so they go up and uh, John goes on his own because the rest of the team's like we have other fish to fry. He goes up. They end up uh, following him while also uh, heat wave is going off with uh, what's the woman's name who's Sarah's girlfriend? I keep forgetting these like these not Ava. new. Characters. Ava. Ava decides to help him uh, reunite with uh, his daughter by going back in time and be having him there in the key moments in her life to give her memory so that she'll like him in the end. While that's going on, Zari has to go into the totem and speak with her past self um, who uh, is in there pre-crisis uh, Zari. Um, so like those are the the three main stories. Am I missing any stories? Nope. That's everything. Right. So, um, I really enjoyed everything except for the fact that somehow they weaseled supernatural into my TV show. (laughs) I don't need any supernatural crossover unless they drop in Felicia day, then I'm fine. But like, I was kind of like, where is, uh, you know, like they're like, Oh, they're filming up here. But if the crew's dead, who's this? And, through that we get like the the one of the other de- uh, uh, the fates show up to hunt them down and she's got bone knives she's like Marrow from uh, X Men she could pull the the bones out of herself and fight um, and she ends up getting the 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 two pieces through the the, the thing but we find out that uh, that Charlie's actually a little girl because I didn't realize that when you're thinking about it, she's a shapeshifter they have the fate they have the crone the middle the middle person and the young person and she looks like a child in a regular form but i i thought that was interesting so i i like that whole storyline i like john i like when the person's in part the other fates impersonating john because J- the actor who plays him puts the little of the 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 the, the femme fatale wiggle when he's walking mm. and it was fantastic so that was one of the the high spots other than stupid supernatural <laughs> I love the fact that Sarah was a big mark for uh, Supernatural. That was funny. So, yeah, because some guy named Dean's or Hall Pass. <laughs> it's like, whatever. And I'll just throw this out there. As I mentioned before, my wife and I were looking for something to watch this weekend. And she goes, oh, I heard good things about the Supernatural. And she looks it up and she goes, 13 seasons. I'm not starting that. Or however long it's been on for, you know. They're on 15, and this is the final one, Joe. 15, so. sure it is. Um, good episode. Uh, I like the Nate and Zari stuff with Zari's brother the least, because Zari's brother felt like and ends up being the most disposable character so like on the show. Right. Um, obviously, the best stuff was the Mick stuff. Mick and Ava going back through time. To create good memories for Mick's daughter. I loved all those flashback scenes of Mick with the little girl and them dressed as like Captain Cold and Heatwave and stuff. For Halloween, yeah, that's fantastic. Where is my spinoff of Mick and Ava going? Because we only got clips of that. Right. I want full sitcom laugh track episodes. (laughs) Of Mick going back in time to be a good dad. 
Right. And what crazy adventures will he get into this time? And it's not quite what you think because it <laughs> blows up in his face. It's like the time he bought all those computers on sale to sell and maxed out his credit card and stored them in the old leaky warehouse, Joe. <laughs> but yeah, so, but in the end, because she's like, he goes back and thinks that he's going to, that they're going to, you know, be all copacetic. And it ends up that he's like, you know, uh, you, but you kept abandoned, like you'd show up for the good parts, but then you would abandon me every time. And he's like, but he was like, you know, kayfabe and I was in jail the whole time, not the last couple of years. And you kept disappearing. So just like that. And I was like, that's a good flaw in the plan. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Like, like you, you couldn't, you couldn't explain like, Oh, I'm in jail. There's that's why I was there. And I was like, this works out. And it's a great, like you said, it's funny and it's also touching and you know, Mick just kills me every time, so I'm good with that. Absolutely, and legends like I said, it was great. Legends are great. I like the 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 very straightforward, you know, obviously mystical and the loom and the the fates, as you mentioned, could be a little bit heady if you're just getting into it. But you know, I've been here for it the whole time, so I'm with it. You know, right. One last question. So you say Zari's brother's throwaway? Like, yeah. Do you think he's dead? Dead? Uh, I don't care. Okay, just let me throw this out there because she says I'm going to help you bring the Loom of Fate back. I think they're going to have a choice with the Loom of Fate to bring back uh, the young demon girl's mother or bring back Zari's brother. And they have to choose. And in the end, Zari's brother will be back because he's starting to turn into the goofy... uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to equate him to how good. So don't jump on me for that. But he's coming into like the wacky Ray character now. Like they need somebody to re- replay that. And he was way too pro drugs in this episode as far as I was concerned. It's like that's yeah, the fun and, of and drugs, maybe cuz that's maybe cuz that sort of humor doesn't play to me. The fact that he had always been kind of subtly a little bit like you'd get a joke here or there. But this right. was the episode where they leaned heavily into it. Right. And it's not even just like marijuana, which is legal in a lot of states. It's like, we're going to take some heavy duty hallucinogenics. But yeah. they ended up using that a while back. Remember when Nate and uh, Zari took them to find their soul, whatever. So the show has a history of drugs, Joe. Deep down. It's the culture of Legends of Tomorrow. I guess. But I just wanted to get that out there, so. Love Legends, though. Love, 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 love. I'm happy my shows are back. My stories. I'm with you. I'm totally down with it. All right. So I think that's everything, huh? Yeah, that's. I think that is everything. Yeah, sadly, like I said, we don't have a ton. You know, we don't have anything new coming in uh, that we're both reading. But in about three weeks or so, we probably will. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for hanging with us for 500 episodes. Todd, here's to 500 more. Oh, I can't wait to do 1,000, Joe. That'll be about nine and a half years from now. That's right. That's going to be, that'll be the oversized episode, Joe. That'll be the one where we take, like you said, we take out all the, all the stops. So look, look forward to that. (laughs) When I've been downloaded into a robot body. And then the, the shows are just beamed live into the brains of all of our listeners. That's right. Todd on the brain. Good not job. the show title. I think I have something better. I can't wait to find out what the show title but is. They'll but they'll see it already. They'll see it already. Right. 
so for Todd, this is Joe saying thanks very much for listening, everybody. Uh, we'll see y'all here next week. Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Network.